Welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. It'll be Paul and John. It's the NFL Week 2 special. Oh, them Jets with their 90-second comeback win. And Miami Dolphins, Tua Tungavaloa, six touchdowns. This is the Love Sport Podcast. This is our NFL special, Week 2. John, it's the Love Sport Podcast. It's our NFL Week Two special, and mate, I'm I'm sorry. There's been whole seasons that have not um, provided us with the drama that the first two weeks already have. It's been pretty darn special. Well, we need a special because the first, uh, particularly last weekend, particularly last, you know, um, Monday morning was just uh, spectacular all the way through. It's Look, it's just uh, it's a sport that we've loved for decades. More and more Australians are getting into it. And I, and I do think that having the mix of um, subscription television and um, uh, free-to-air, especially, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing people going, oh, I turned on the NFL the other day that you talk about, and it was really good. So it goes to show you've got to have it in as many ways as you can um, to get it out into the market. Yeah, well, they, they do an amazing job of getting the game out to everyone. And, um, you know, now I can even listen to it on the radio again, which I'm absolutely loving. 
and oh yeah, it couldn't be. Yeah, it's, it is just an amazing product. Mate, it feels like a lifetime ago, but the uh, Chargers Chiefs game and. That, that was an absolute uh, ripper, 27-24 to start it. Uh, Mahomes doing Mahomes stuff. But, geez, you'd have to feel unlucky if you're the Chargers as well. That's the tail of their year every year. I mean, until they can actually start winning those close games in a big game, an important game, then um, let me know about it. I, I mean, I'm really concerned about Justin Herbert, who I think was, um, you know, he's able to go toe-to-toe with any quarterback in the in the modern NFL uh, if they don't have him, they won't have anything. So, but by the same token, I'm starting to really, I'm enjoying their jerseys. Yeah, they do. You've said that for a while now, but it is a it is a worry uh, with Herbert. You just don't want to see um, injuries and everything as well early on in their career. But um, look, the Chiefs put on points again, but they certainly, um, the defence for them still got to be a worry when it comes to um, the playoffs because they're going to make the playoffs. So, um, you'd have to be worried about that defence, I think. Yeah, um, but historically, I mean, you know, you think that the, the defence will, they're probably going to get that right. But then they've been in in the mode of out-dueling teams, big scores for a long time, the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. You've got to score a lot of points to beat the Chiefs, especially with the form that Mahomes is in this, this term. No, no, you're 100% right, mate. So was, look, as far as, you know, you look forward to um, games and, and that lived up to it, I think, was a really good game. The next game, mate, um, the Browns versus Jets. We've put some highlights on this podcast. Browns had this game absolutely sewn up. 90 seconds to go. They're up by two touchdowns. And the big, big um, talking point was the missed uh, conversion, God, they're costly because they—they literally you score a touchdown. It's a seven-point play, really, unless you're going for the extra point. Um, they're an absolute given, and that, it ended up costing them the match. I think kicking in the NFL has gotten a lot harder, a lot harder in the last couple of years. Um, it's particularly taking the extra point back and making it a 33-yard um, field goal, essentially, with a lot of pressure on. Um, I'm pretty sure we've had this discussion before, but I. For the amount of points that kickers score for you, I think they're the most undervalued resource in the NFL. They get paid a pittance. They get moved around. Um, I tell you what, what would the charges have given to have had a decent kicker for the last few years? Oh, yeah. I mean, they they, they would have been very deep into playoffs. And Well, this Jet, this Jets game, it had, it had everything. 90 seconds to go. You're two touchdowns up as, a, as the Browns. Um, who are the NFL's most hated club at the moment. And it was an onside kick, mate, which they said the onside kicks were, uh, over the last couple of years, they said the onside kicks were an art form that was gone and the new rule changes, you weren't going to uh, be able to recover one. But um, it was a beautiful ball, bobbled up, is exactly what you wanted. And Amari Cooper, I, I just maybe I'm wrong, mate, cause, but he didn't seem to put his body on the line to recover the ball. He kind of like, half pulled out or maybe I'm being a bit harsh. I don't think you're wrong. And I tell you what, how's this sound? Like it reminded me a lot of the day that the Packers got, um, you know, the, the Packers bled out. I think it was in 2016 in the, um, in a championship game. Uh, and against, uh, oh my God, I've now, I can't remember who it was against. I should, someone from the NFC West. I was in Seattle, wasn't it? And, um, you know, and, and that ended, that ended uh, that guy's career. Um, 
trying to read now. I should remember his name, but it was a, a lame that live on an infamy. Um, but um, when everyone's charged at you like that and the body isn't aligned, they're out there, they're calling the hands team, but it takes a lot of balls to actually jump on that ball. And it's hard to catch. It's a lot harder to catch than people may think. A lot harder to catch than an AFL or rugby league or rugby union ball because it's so pointed. Um, and yes, it is. It's very hard. It's small it's, too. Yeah, and it just wants to do all kinds of stuff when it's there. And but he just seemed to back off. Like he, he was going for the ball, and he just seemed to pull back slightly. And it's like Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, one hundred percent. But what a win by the Jets and Joe Flacco, mate, to get them back into the game. Um, one of his touchdowns. It was another blown coverage, very similar to a game we'll cover later on, where the wide receivers just got about twenty. 20 metres or, you know, 15 to 20 metres in, in front. And Flacco's just absolutely hit him on the run, you know, in, in stride. And, um, you know, Joe Flacco, I didn't think we'd be saying that name too often in uh, 2020. Man, I, was, I was happy for Flacco because, God, he takes Thanks. a lot of shit in the, in, the, in, the, in the NFL media. And, yeah. you know, for a guy who's actually done everything that there is to do in the game, he plays an old-fashioned type of... Um, of, of quarterback. He really does. If you if you change the film to be a bit more VHS grainy, you could almost see him as a 80, late 80s, early 90s style kind of quarterback. Yeah, and people's like, oh, who wants one of those? Well, I tell you what, for the first time in a long time, the Jets were happy they had one. Absolutely. And, and I thought it was a wonderful job of unpacking one. Mind you, they had a good few shots at that final play, but... Um, <laughs> It was it was great to um, to watch it. Very exciting to see. And I have got to be honest, like I mean, you can say what you want of the Giants are back and all that. In New York, in the New York market, the only market I feel for is the Jets. Uh, they've had a long time of absolute nothing, and I mean, I think we were laughing at them last week. But um, great to see them get that win. And you know, the Browns are report you so, and there is no. Uh, any more of that, oh, my God, the Browns are my second team thing from anyone. I don't think I'm alone in that. And, you know, I really hope that they... The I, Browns I felt players a bit, have said it, John. The Browns bit, players. Have, what have they been saying? You tell me. Yeah, you're you're the host. How, they've been saying how much they're hated now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's permeated. But, mate, um, I have to be honest. Well, even Mark you. Sessler, mate. Even Mark Sessler didn't care. No. And, and, and I can tell you now, mate, that... Um, uh, if, if the Browns had won that, it would have been scary because we know they're going to get a, a better quarterback coming into the team in a few weeks. Not a yeah. better person, but a better would quarterback. Would have taken them to 0-2. Um, yeah, well, they, you know, let's, uh, let's leave that one. I can't. Well, the, 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 the AFC uh, North is, seems to be in a bit of a mess. It is, mate. And we'll come to that. What have they had? Yeah, yeah, all right. Sorry. When the, no, no, not at all. We'll, we'll come to the tables and we'll describe the, the messes and where the nuances are. Um, I can't feel too sorry for the Jets being a Finns fan, but I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. If I wasn't a Finns fan, I probably would. Hey, the Lions over the Commanders. We, we won't talk about that name that we can't stand. It's actually a pretty good game, uh, 36-27. And I'm not just talking about the score, but there was some actually uh, some nice play in this game as well. I'm not sure if you saw any of it or the highlights or anything. Yeah, well, I was paying very close attention to it because it's an NFC North game. Yes. And, you know, all that is important. And people who obviously know the NFL know that you have to keep a close eye on your division. And, um, you know, one of the 100,000 people suddenly who've got the surname St. Brown in the NFL... Uh, was doing reminds me of remember the um spinal tap wasn't it um wasn't the guitarist called Saint Hubbins? Oh that's right yes well no trying to work <laughs> out who he was um but 
Um, Saint Bra- Amun Ra, Saint Brown. So that's the old um, Egyptian god of uh, the sun, the sun god. Um, he he's mixing deities because he's mixing like you know Christian saints and uh, <laughs> and, and and Egyptian sun gods. And but he's a hell of a player. Um, very well coached. I was happy for Jared Goff. Yes. It's hard. It's hard not to be happy for a guy like that. I mean, you know, you take a guy at the team to the Super Bowl and you just get <laughs> thrown to the wolves. You end up at Detroit. Detroit does Detroit. It's funny how you can turn up in a city like Detroit. Okay, do a direct swap with another guy who sat there for years, who's lauded as the greatest player, one you know, one of the great quarterbacks around, and he rolls. He gets the same sort of kind of record as them, uh, but he, one's called crap and the other one is. Is like, oh my god, you know, Matt Stafford's a god, and I'm like, I don't know, I I just don't, I don't know about either of those equations, but I do know this: so the Lions seem to be a lot more focused under the current management and structure they've got and the current coaching. Dan well, Campbell, I watched him during hard knocks, and I, you know, I sometimes I thought it was a bit hammed up and a bit soupy, but I actually get the feeling that Dan Campbell actually really actually loves his players. Well, and I think that I, goes a long way. Yeah, I do too. But I just want to, as you said, I want to. It was barely spoken about. I've listened to other podcasts as we do this week. I was very excited to listen about my dolphins, which we'll cover later. Wasn't but he Joe, your old coach as well? Sorry, wasn't didn't Campbell coach you guys? Yeah, did for a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, but I just want to give that praise back to Joe Flacco because he was barely spoken about at all this week. Um, four touchdowns, three hundred and seven yards, sixty uh, odd percent completion rate. I just thought that was an excellent. Um, quarterback game and he was not spoken about in podcasts at all this week so and with joe and and hey here's the other thing with joe is like that you know for all that he gets ripped there's never been a shade of controversy nothing he said or done has ever been remotely newsworthy well i I mean as far as off the field like so he said he must actually for a guy to be in that scrutiny and under the way that he's been magnified and looked at he, he has to be an absolute clean skin. Well, mate, we'll move on to a game that we'll barely cover. Two teams that uh, I'm serious are, are just impossible to watch at the moment, and that's the Steelers and Pats. Uh, the Pats got up 17-14. Uh, Pittsburgh scoring eight points in the last quarter to make it close. But I do want to touch on the, the two quarterbacks here, right? Mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky, mm. 21 completions for 168 yards. So when he did complete, he didn't complete too bad. One touchdown, win in, one interception. 168 yards for one quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Jones from uh, the Pats, 21 completed again. 252 yards, one touchdown, one interception. It was just a horrible, horrible game. And, and like you, I was invested in this game hoping the Steelers, who had their chances in the last quarter, would get up and win because I can't stand the Pats. I'm AFC East man. But, oh, mate, I don't know where these two teams are going in the in the near future. Just not very good football at all. Well, how I watched my NFL um, Monday morning, it was my first day of holiday, so this is the usual routine. I'll go and I'll sleep on the couch in the lounge. Yep. Uh, I wake up as to whenever I, wake, I set the alarm for four or something, wake up and... Um, I've got a Game Pass on my phone, so I've got a Chromecast it over. Yes. Yep. Um, so, but so the Channel Seven game, or I don't know whether it was the ESPN game on my on my box that I've got or whatever, was showing when I woke up. Was showing 
the steals and the pats. And I actually thought, you know what, because I actually like to watch the games without the break sometimes. So I was just yeah. watching, I thought, I'll watch this for a bit. And I couldn't believe how, how ordinary it was. It was um, beyond ordinary, mate. Yeah. It was it just, oh, honestly, horrible, horrible football to watch. And, hope and I don't think it was all on defence. Well, I, I don't think either side of the ball was any good. I just think they're, they're just two bad teams. I think we can just leave it at that at the moment. Steelers and the Pats have a ton of fans in this country. And um, that, they'd be lucky to have that at the moment because it's not good. Hey, what about the Giants, mate? 1916, another pretty ordinary game, but the Giants go two and zero, and the Panthers are zero and two. And um, yeah, I think Jones did what he needed to do, but once again, 176 yards. Um, Saquon Barkley basically with no touchdowns, but 72 yards of rushing. It wasn't a very competitive game in terms of offense, but the defenses were good in this game. I don't think the Giants are going to bother anyone at the back end of the year. I don't think they're going to come out of the NFC uh, East. Um, and that's all I've got to say about that guy. Well, I'll, I will I'll say... See, I mean, I, I, to me, to me, I, they're not the franchise in the NFL that I hate the most, but to me, they're the most boring, along with the Commanders. I think um, at least the Commanders have got some off-field excitement yeah, when well, it comes to name changes and ownership and stuff. I mean, if you just want to look at pure stats in this game, and, and I was just interested because um, you were talking about New York franchises and, and, uh, and you know, they, they stood with, by Daniel Jones and, you know, I don't think he's great, but he, he can move as well. But Baker Mayfield on the other side, I think he was just over 50% of completions, mate, 145 yards and one touchdown. Um, the only thing that saved... Um, the Panthers at all was Christian McCaffrey. Really good to see him back, mate. He, 100, 100 yards rushing. He's a very special talent. Baker Mayfield did scramble well in this game because he had to, and he got 30-odd yards as the second uh, rusher there. But rushing's not his game, so that's where the Panthers are at. They're in big trouble. But I think you have to be realistic too, though, with Baker. And, and let, let's be realistic. Okay, so you've had Daniel Jones been in the same position now for like since before Saquon Barkley got there, so five, six years. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's been. It seems like it's been forever. It might be four years. I don't know. But at Carolina, they're coming off an offense that was originally based around Cam Newton. Yep. Then they had last year. They had the um, the, what, who was the name? The, the the guy from the Jets, the former number one pick, um, uh, Sam now, Donald, who's now at his fourth club. Yeah, they had Sam Donald there, and and he really struggled. Now now Cam was starting to really struggle. Uh, couldn't get the ball downfield. Then they had um, Donald, and now you've got Baker's been there for two weeks. He got there late because of the way yep. things went. Yeah, I mean to be to, to some simple. to That's somehow true. be deciding that he's their biggest issue to me is not right. I I I think that there's bigger problems in Carolina than Baker Mayfield. I think that actually that might be one of the few areas where they they can say you know where we just got to persist with this for a while. Yeah, uh, there's other things we've got to fix up, and a bit of they've got to get a bit of jazz going. I mean, they, I mean, if you can't get if you can't get excited for playing the Giants, and you think they're on our schedule, then something is wrong. And I don't think the excitement levels all got to be generated by Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I was looking through the defense on this game as well. Going, well, it's 1916. The offenses haven't got um, anything happening, so the defenses must have dominated. If there was five sacks between the two teams, uh, there was quite a few pressures, but it was just another game of just bad football on both sides of the ball. Like the well, think about it. Think about Carolina, right? Since Steve Smith left, 
which is quite a while ago now, um, I can only name one wide receiver who's played for them. Yeah. And that was Devin Funches. And and even then, he was not like, I mean, he was hardly a world-beater. That, that, that's a very fair call, mate. The Jags absolutely towed up the Colts. The Colts are yet to get a win this season. Obviously, they've had a tie in one of their games. Uh, it was 24-0 uh, at the end of the third, and it stayed that way. So the Colts were kept absolutely scoreless. Uh, I, the interesting thing about the Jags is Trevor Lawrence is obviously still learning his trade, but they protected him with a lot of rushes. Um, Mm. I think there was probably close to 40 rushing attempts and Trevor Lawrence had 30 uh, throwing attempts. You know, he he completed 25 of those, uh, 235 yards, two touchdowns. I just wonder, I could be wrong, but I just wonder if he'll ever be the person we thought he may have been or maybe his college game was fantastic but doesn't quite translate to the NFL. It's one of those we'll have to wait. I think, he's come, I think he's coming along nice. I mean, like, yeah, every, not everyone walks into the NFL and suddenly like um, Joe Montana, man. Like, no, got... no, but I think it was the expectations on Trevor Lawrence. That, well, there was, but you have to remember that they've been seemingly picking first in the NFL draft now for like 20 years. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'm going to channel my inner Byron Leftwich cross with my inner Mark Brunel here. And I'm going to say that I actually, if, if, if I was a Jags fan, I, I'd be mildly excited about um, where they're headed and, and not since, the, um, you know, they got to the... Look, they should have won that championship game against the Patriots a few years ago. Yep. Um, when you, and you can see the absolute quality that they had in their defence now because they're spotted all around the league. They've Players have walked out, they've left, they've demanded the trades, um, but they've got an actual proper coaching. Yep. They've got an actual proper quarterback. Um, and, and and they've got a lot of highly high picks in their team. Yeah. And I, and I think they're primed for success. And let's not just forget for a minute that it's pretty easy to argue that they're in the weakest division in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I want to flip it around to the other side as well because a lot of people have been uh, high on the Colts and, and getting Matty, uh, Matty Ryan um, over. But I just want to put this in some perspective. The, the, um, the Colts scored no points, obviously. Um, they don't look like they've got a lot of options. Everyone's saying they've got these options. But I was looking through their roster going, I am I mustn't be really in the game, so I can't really see too many of their options. The Colts had no... I believe they had no sacks in the whole game. Like, not a sack. And uh, the Jags <laughs> had five. But to not get one sack... And on Matt, Ryan, he's a, Matt Ryan's a pocket passer, and I love yeah. a pocket passer. And to not get one sack for a pocket passer says a lot about your defence, I think. I think, though, that another thing here is, and I didn't hear it mentioned that much, but historically, in every division, there's a team that's always got some other team's um, number there, their kryptonite. Yeah. And if you look at the record the Jags have got against, and they've been rubbish for a long time, right? Yeah. But the, the record they've had against the Colts is outrageous. In fact, the last only time they've been shut out in the last 20 years, two times, was both times by Jacksonville. When, and Jacksonville have been garbage. They've been a hot mess for a long time. Um, they bet that I don't think they've beaten them in, in 12 attempts. Like the record looks a bit like you know, when um you know, okay, Miami, but winning this year against the Patriots was not a surprise, but no. every other year it has been, and it happened nearly every year. So I think there might be a little bit of that going on too. You know, you see each other a lot, you know what's going on. Um, you know, the Vikings blew us out. Um it, it is what it is. I think some in division stuff and uh I think that with Matt Ryan too, you've got to give it a little bit of time. I'm not sure that Frank Reich 
is is um, look, Frank Reich is one of the real pioneers of that. We're going to go for everything stuff. Yeah, and I don't know how that. I, I honestly, I'm just not a believer in that. But um, that'd be interesting. I think I do think it's it's two weeks. Is is the sample size is getting there? I'd be I'd be more worried about the Colts in this division. Yeah, in 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 two more weeks' time, if they are one and three. Well, mate, another game that um, the Bucks are two and two and zip, and and if you didn't look at their games, you'd be going, oh yeah, they're flying. But this was another horrendous game, mate. This was um this was three all after three quarters, and it was not an easy watch at all. And this, you know, uh, I'm not blaming Winston because there's a lot of things at the at the Saints that they need to get right. Um, but you know, two, three intercepts, and and they were bad intercepts. They weren't tips. They were bad. Um, that's a, that's always going to be a worry. The Bucks themselves, I mean, just to put it in perspective, Tom Brady was only just over 50%, 190 yards for one touchdown. Uh, Fournette was the guy. They, they just made him a, a workhorse uh, with 65 yards rushing. But it just wasn't a great game again. Um, you know, I know that the Bucks scored 17 points in this in the last quarter, but 20 to 10, and really a very forgettable game, and the Bucks would be happy to be two and zip right now. The only thing I remember from that game is how it looked like Tom Brady as carrying the officials around with him in his pocket every time he walks out on an NFL field. Because that game at 3-all was really the entire momentum. We talk about Jameis having those interceptions. They all came after the momentum had changed and that Bucks had to start – or the Saints started chasing the game. Yeah, you are and, right. right. And, and I just thought that the, the – the, you know – Sometimes you just you hang your head and you go, "What are they talking about?" And and, and um, I thought that it was the official, the, the officiating in that game left a hell of a lot to be desired. Uh, it moves all the momentum straight into uh, the Bucks' back pocket, and from there they were never getting back. I can tell you when they ejected both those players, that was a complete joke, and, and- um, should have only been one going off, and that's it. And, and absolutely spot on. The officiating was picked up by many, many people. And, uh, mate, it, yeah, it, it, I won't say it cost them the, the game, but it definitely cost them a chance to win the game. Um, so, a few clubs, yeah. few clubs have been as poorly treated by NFL officiating in the last 10 years than New Orleans. Now, I'm not saying it's a great New Orleans team, but um, I will say that. I think that New Orleans might have one of the best defences in the NFL. Um, but, I mean, the Bucks, come on, give me a break. I mean, everything every, – and, and, and Tom Brady waves his – he must – I don't know. I just couldn't believe it happened again. I shouldn't nah. be surprised. We've got them this week and nothing will surprise me when it comes to the, what the officials are going to pull to make sure Tom gets over the line. Well, mate, I, um, the – it's it's weird. Football is all about sliding doors, and sports about sliding doors. And San Francisco, um, Trey Lance looks like he's out for the year, and um, they've obviously put all their commodity in him and given up draft picks and everything for the long term. But it's one of those stories about a player being right for a team now, and that's Jimmy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who was looked like he wasn't going to play for part of the year. It looked like he was going to be traded. Um, and when he got his touchdown in that game and, and the San Francisco 49ers, 27 to seven, the Seahawks, I know they had their week one victory, but they just look all sorts of awful. Um, it could be 
the reason I say this could be a blessing in disguise to have a player injured, you never want a player injured, is when Jimmy Garoppolo scored the touchdown, you watch the offensive teammates just celebrate with him. And it was really big celebration. So it's almost like saying, we do want this guy right now. We know Trey Lance will be there long term, but we, we want Jimmy G because they celebrated hard with him. Sean McVay got out of jail last year when um, somehow the Bengals conspired to not win that Super Bowl, and <laughs> and, and and somehow the Rams got there with um, because I mean, you know him and um, him and Shanahan they kind of mirror each other a lot in that they the press never criticizes them at all for just about yeah. anything. Um, they both never you know they've both been gifted with some reasonable talent and good teams and. Um, the the way they've moved their quarterbacks around has indicated that they're a little bit, uh, how we say it, Denver Broncos-ish, and we only really want Aaron Rodgers-type scenario. And, um, you know, it didn't blow up in either of their faces as far as I can see. And they I think fluked it, mate. They they're very lucky, it. mate. They're very they lucky. They fluked it with Jimmy Garoppolo because he was out the they door. The way he should have been gone. I wish he, And you know what? I, look... <laughs> He's, a, he's got to be a pretty loyal dude because you're right. Those players do love him. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, I, I know, and and that's not me making that up. I watched it. I watched the players run him. The celebration was bigger than a normal touchdown. The Rams just got over the line against the Falcons. Um, they looked like they had this game on toast. Another game that could have easily been the Falcons one and one, and the Rams could have been Norton two going into the into the uh, into round three. Not sure yeah. what's happening there, mate. If, um... I, just put the, I just put the kettle on, mate. Oh, apologies, mate. Matty Stafford was ordinary in this game. I know he scored three touchdowns, but uh, two intercepts and just looked looked like he didn't take some of the easy options. And I think um, Higby, uh, uh, Tyler Higby and, and Cooper Cup got him out of jail. Between them, 179 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I thought Cam Akers wasn't too bad with his rushing either, but they did not look fantastic against the Falcons team that has Marcus Mariota, who two touchdowns, two interceptions is pretty much his um, kettle of fish. Oh, uh, did my comments on Matty Stafford. Hey, Super Bowl winning player, Matty. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was no, he was in a Super Bowl winning team. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, that was... there's lots of people like that. Uh, I just. You know, I just don't see him as, as as all that. And you know what? I don't even care what people they're going to come at me. I don't really care because that's just what I think. And uh, I don't see Jared Goff doing any more or less at the Lions than Matt Stafford did there. And yeah, I really I've... haven't seen him do anything at the at the Rams more than what Matt and that, what Jared Goff did. Well, I thought uh, the offensive, you know, I thought the Rams with their offensive line and obviously their vaunted defense um, would have really put the Falcons to the sword. But the Falcons do seem to match up. We were talking about that before. Well, uh, against the Rams and Rams will be absolutely breathing a sigh of relief getting away with that one. And what I said sounds ridiculous, given as, you know, we all know that they actually won the Super Bowl with him. But I think that anybody with half a nuanced understanding of the NFL will understand what I'm getting at. And so I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, the, well, the Falcons don't know how to win big game. They don't well, know how to win any game. Talk, talk about a team that doesn't know how to win a big game, mate. And we, we are a fan of this quarterback. He didn't play a bad game at all. It's not on him. But 
the Raiders, another comeback game where the Raiders were in complete control, not just with the score at the end of three. It was 23-7, to seven, but it was a really comfortable 23-7. to seven. You never saw the Cardinals coming back. Mm. Um, and Murray had a really ordinary game until about the last four or five minutes. Um, and Arizona win it in overtime. But, geez, the Raiders, zero and two, and they would be absolutely kicking themselves because they they had this game absolutely won. I reckon that was the, you know, in games, in, in, in a week of incredible games and incredible finishes, I think that that was it. That was it. That was a crazy finish. And oh, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna dispute that in a moment when as you as you'll absolutely realise I'm gonna dispute that because I'm very Oh, biased. okay, yeah, you're gonna be biased, but like okay, fair enough. I get it. But like the Kyler Murray running and look, don't get me wrong, Cardinals fans. That's what Kyler's gonna probably pull off one or two of them at the start of the year. There's yeah. no way he's gonna do that at the back end of the season. No, no way. Um Broncos and Texans in another stinker. I mean, as good as good as this round is, um, and it was really great with the comebacks and the close games. There was some. We've already said it. There was a few stinkers. I apologise. We've got a few V8s in our courts. We're going to hear one in a moment. Uh, we'll probably hear some really bad hip hop. Um, I like my hip hop and I love my rap. But when uh, this mumble stuff that's come into vogue in the last few years, mate, when I. I, 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 you, you sound pretty good compared to what I <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, I think these two teams are badly coached. Um, the Broncos won 16-9. They'd be very much breathing a sigh of relief. Um, but another ordinary game and two average teams, let's be honest. I think if the Texans had gone for any coach other than Lovey Smith, they might be 2-0 right now. Well, they definitely could be. I mean, they're, they're, um, they've got a tie in their first game. <laughs> Lovey Smith. How's his beard? Uh, mate, I, I have beard envy. But um, that that was just another bad game. And, and, and as a Broncos fan, you're going, geez, what have we done? Because I know that Russell Wilson will be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And we know that he probably should have won a new... No, he definitely should have won another Super Bowl with an absolutely stupid decision by his, by his uh, coach at the time at the Seahawks. But he's lost one of the parts of his game that made him really good. Now, I could be wrong here. Mm-hmm. Get me up on it. He's not running anymore. Like I'm, part of his game that made him so good was that he would he would be called for a, car, a passing play. The, the passing play would break down and he'd take off, and he was really hard to stop. Yeah, he seems to have not. He doesn't run anymore. Maybe just maybe, maybe just maybe, and I know that everyone kind of wanted to get on the whole thing that Pete Carroll's an idiot and and all the rest of it. Uh, maybe Pete Carroll knew something that we didn't. And um, not because, just because now a couple of quarterbacks have been able to play till they're 38 and then 39 and now one in particular at 40. Well, mate, that's, that's never been the way it's always been. And um, no, no. maybe Russell Wilson's actually really on the downhill slide. I think he, look, I mean, as we said, small sample size, but just to put it in perspective, mate, he only rushed twice in a game. Now, and I don't he, care if he is. I'm be whatever. Yeah, but but he used to rush, you know, I, I'm, unless I'm wrong, I thought he used to rush about eight to 10 times a game. Well, he, what he used to do was scramble. He'd drive yes. everyone nuts by getting behind the line and, and um, just it, it, like literally you couldn't corral him. Um, no. And then he, look, 
classic example was that same game I referenced earlier on against the Packers in the championship game when they came back. There was a two-point conversion where he literally ran around for about an hour. Um, he made Kyler Murray look like uh, – well, Kyler Murray, the way he played the other day, looked a lot like a Russell Wilson old sort of game. Yeah, mate. Look, absolutely. Cowboys got on the board. Cowboy, Dan Boris got on the um, board 20 to 17 against the Bengals. Um, and they looked like they wanted to lose this game. Um, they had this game. Another team that had a game in control and just kept giving Burrow the opportunities. Um, obviously, they're not playing with their number one quarterback, so they'd be pretty relieved to get that, that win. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. It wasn't too bad. I think probably Pollard should have got more rushes than him because he seemed to be more effective. Um, they even had C.D. Lamb at one stage um, uh, rushing. So um, Brown with 91 yards and a touchdown, that's a pretty good pretty good effort because he only received it five times. So Brown for the Cowboys, averaging 18 yards. When he caught it, he just kept going. Uh, C.D. Lamb did what he could do, but this Cowboys team's average, and the Bengals will be spewing they didn't get up in the end on this, and they're 0-2, and, and they're in they trouble. See. They are in trouble because if you keep like letting games like this disappear, you're, uh, you're, not, you're, not going, you're not going to make the playoffs, and um, they really have that look about them right now. They do, mate. Your team um, never, ever looked in doubt against the Bears. The Bears were horrendous. I thought this was going to be your typical Green Bay 48 to 12 kind of game uh, or 48 to 14 maybe against the Bears. You kind of switched off after half time and they never really presented any danger to you whatsoever. Aaron Rodgers, just an average game, two touchdowns, 234 yards. Justin Fields, oh my God. But the Bears do not trust their quarterback. Do you, do you want to know how many attempts he had? 12? I should know. 11 attempts. That was 11. Close. 11 attempts for a quarterback in the modern game. 11 oh. attempts. He's I'm the sorry, future. mate. He's the future, Bears fans. Right, okay. You, you're 20. Take your Packers hat off for a second. You're 24 to 7 down. Mm. You're in big trouble. What do you say? You, you're going to throw the ball, right? Because you're down by 17. Let's let it right. We're going to air it out. 11 attempts. A brilliant effort by Montgomery rushing for 122 yards. I mean, that that's, fa- that's fabulous. But Mate, I just couldn't believe it. I was watching this game, and I know the Packers did what they needed to do. You guys didn't even get out of third for most of the game. And to give your quarterback 11 attempts in a whole match, I think that says everything you need to know. I mean, that just this Bears team are just... Yeah, well, to quote Aaron Rodgers, uh, we own them. Um, but I will say this, that everybody out there is looking to see how the Packers are going to play this year. And tell you the game plan this year is different. The game plan will be to run the ball. The game plan will be to be actually actually be good on defence. And I think that, you know, you're starting to see that defence round in the shape. Um, th- that's the same defence that realistically won us the game against San Francisco in the, in the, in the playoffs last year. And, um, 100%. So, they, they, um, didn't, they didn't really show you too much more than, um, you, you know, stack the box. Montgomery's the only option. They're not going to throw the ball. You and I could have defensively coached that game. We could have, but you still got to do it. But so the week before against the, the Vikings, um, you know, for all that it looked like we got blown out, they only scored 24 points, which for all intents and purposes of most NFL games, you'll win that game. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, so, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Well done to the pack, and you wouldn't be feeling good if you're a Bears supporter at all. Um, the Bills, the most complete 
game in a long, long time. And that you can flip the coin and say the Titans were disappointing, but uh, Josh Allen with four touchdowns and 317 yards. They put Case Keenum on uh, late in the game just to make sure. Um, Ryan Tannehill, he's had a great few years with the Titans. He was absolutely horrendous. Um, 117 yards from 20 attempts. And it just put it in perspective. They didn't trust their passing game, um, but they had 24 attempts. And we just spoke about the Bears, and they had 11 attempts. So 24 attempts, 12 completed for two quarterbacks, two interceptions, and a combination of 123 yards passing. Um, it was just a brilliant defensive effort by the Bills. And, you know, they're just... I don't think there's a better... Myself, I don't think there's a better rounded team in the NFL than the Bills right now on both both sides of the field. No, they have to be a favourite to go to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, on, on the other side of the ball, um, Ryan Tannehill looks like uh, he might be just about done. But the, the dude they brought in to replace him, uh, you know, you well, know well, it's a long way to go. So, and I think Tanner Hill's a classic example of a guy who's got the most out of his ability to get where he went. And and, and, and was a wide receiver in college, well-known as yeah. a tight end and wide receiver. So it's absolutely marvellous career. And, and as as someone who actually bought a Tanner Hill jersey um, when he was at the Finns, slated, and he does everything he can do. Like, he's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Um, Derek Henry, mate, the defence on Derek Henry... No team has ever played what they did on Derrick Henry. He had 13 carries, which is not very many for him. 25 yards, mate. 1.9 yards per carry. What a defensive effort by the Bills. And that's going to be one of the best defensive efforts I've ever seen on a on a dominant running back. Henry's coming off a very, very devastating, massive injury. And, uh, and, and you know, it's going to take him some time to get right. So... I'm pretty certain that with the coach they've got there, Mike Vrabel, I like him. Um, I think that for all that about Tannehill being cooked and Derrick Henry being over the hill and all the rest of it, you know, I'd rather be them than Carolina. Oh, mate, Derrick Henry's not over the hill. I think he'll be fine. Um, I just think that it was a great defensive effort on him as well. Um, He did a couple nice cuts, but they were ready for him. Um, Mm. But just a brilliant effort and a very scary one, not just for me in the AFC East. We face the Bills this week, but just... For the whole NFL, um, this team has to be the favourites to win the Super Bowl. There's no doubt in the world about that for me. 100%. The only thing that's going to hold Buffalo back is the fact that they play in Buffalo and are called the Bills. <laughs> or, or injuries, as we know, but you are 100% yeah. right. Um, Jalen Hurts for the Eagles was fantastic. 333 yards. I know he had a touchdown and interception, but he, he really picked the right passes. The Vikings, this game 24-7, to Looks like it was a blowout, but there was a couple vital turnovers in this game that did turn it round. Cousins tried, but he was forcing his passes, three intercepts, um, a couple good rushing plays, but um, this was a game of what could have been. Um, the the Vikings, um, just to give an example, um, the Vikings had a turnover um, from a blocked a blocked kick, and Sipos, Aaron Sipos, you've ever heard of his name? Come on, man. So Aaron Sipos is he was he, isn't he, was, he Mr. and Mrs. Sipos's kid? Yes, he is. Aaron yeah. Sipos actually played for St. Kilda in the AFL. Um he was a high oh, draft I choice. I knew there was a reason why I should have heard of him. 
he didn't play didn't play a ton of games for the Saints. He was a high draft choice, mm. so made the choice. Um, he was delisted, and a couple of clubs looked to pick him up. Um, and he was offered a full scholarship to go to university in the US. And he went, okay, well, I'm in my twenties. I've been paid a little bit to play footy. Went over, had a got a college degree. So he didn't just play college; he got a degree. Um, and he's a kicker that's absolutely slated by the Viking, uh, so by the Eagles. A lot of supporters don't like him. He hasn't had a great start to his punting career, but I, I want anyone to go and watch the play where he chases down. It's a locked, locked punt. Looks for all money that the Vikings are going to score. Now this would have been a one-score game at this point, and Sipos chases him down. And for you and I, mate, with the games we love. I would have expected Sipos to chase the guy down and tackle him, but quite mm. often punters and that won't. And so it's um he's been getting grave, uh, sorry, grave. He's been getting r- rave reviews for that chase down. But it was a chase down that would have been a six-pointer or seven-pointer. A noticeable um, thing in the NFL is the drop punt coming in. It is, mate. It is absolutely. And they really struggle to catch it. Well, it's as you said with those with the the pointy uh, ball with the drop punt makes it really hard as it drops down suddenly as well. Mm. Um, mate, uh, have we covered all the games? There's one game. Oh, I think there's one game we haven't covered. Man, uh, Monday night. Game. This was a game um, for me. It's oh, can I just say on the Eagles that not many people are going to get much change going into play the Eagles this year? Oh no, they look. They look really good. Um, mm. And 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 we want to talk about. Um, you know, supporter bases. And people are saying, oh, the long-suffering Eagles. Well, I thought they won a Super Bowl only a few years ago. <laughs> long-suffering. Give me a break. It's not that long-suffering, is it? Um, no. Miami Dolphins, Ravens. Ravens had this game on toast. They were 21 points up on at least three occasions in this game. And Miami Dolphins broke all sorts of records. Um, just to put it in perspective, how many points? Don't look. How many points do you think the Dolphins scored in the last quarter? Was it 21. 28 points. 28 points in the last quarter. That is unbelievable, isn't it? This Dolphins team, and I'm being biased, they are fun to watch. When you've got guys like, um, uh, you know, Hill, um, oh, sorry, you you know, when you've got, I was about to say Hill, when you've got Tyreek Hill and you've got Jalen Waddle, you've got Gasecki as your tight end, you've got Mustard as your running back who can also receive. This is. this is a fun team, mate. This is a fun, fun team. It is, and you got old Noodle Arm there throwing it out. You don't, you, I mean, you know, enjoy your moment. It was uh, we were we were talking um, on a chat during that comeback, and it was fabulous to watch. And uh, just Hill and Waddle, man, just fantastic. I didn't see much of what they were doing on defense, but they must have stopped them as well. So, oh, the defense. Um, Look, the defense is no issues for the Dolphins. You got an whatsoever. onside kick as well, didn't you? We we did. Um, and we've got guys like uh, X, uh, Xavier Howard, and, and our defence is actually really good. And their defence hasn't been the problem in the last few years. It has been that offence. But as I said, when you've got Kaseki, Waddle, Hill, and people have um, slagged off uh, to as throwing it high into the end zone. But for me, that's a deliberate play. When you've got guys like Kaseki and Waddle and Hill who can jump high, it, you're not going to intercept those. Where in the previous year or two, they could have been potential intercepts against Tua because his arm isn't strong. So it looks like they're deliberately throwing it high into the end zone. And that's something I haven't heard people pick up. But I think that's a deliberate tactic because these guys are very dynamic in the air. I just want to put this in perspective, mate. Six touchdowns by Tua Tonga Valoa. 
He had 50 attempts, six touchdowns, did have two intercepts early in the game, but just they kept trusting him. Um, and 469 yards, even if that's his career highlight, I, I don't think too many quarterbacks would be upset there. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, between them, 361 yards receiving, four touchdowns. It might, it might be the best Miami um, team since uh, Dan Marino was flown to Mark Duper and uh, Jason Taylor, huh? Oh, mate, look, I know that we could be brought back down to earth against the Bills this week, and I don't think there's any Dolphins fans or anyone outside the um, who, who supports the uh, NFL who wouldn't think that the Bills will beat the Dolphins. But, geez, I'm going into a game with, hey, at least we're a chance. We've got options. You know, you've got uh, Hill, you've got Waddle, you've got Gasicki, you've got Mostet. That's where is it? They're options. Um, so, where is the next game? Sorry, mate. We'll quickly go into that. Uh, yes, it is. It is in Buffalo, I think. I'm just double checking that. Right. Well, they might even turn on some cold weather. No, no, no. Giddy up. Hard Rock Stadium. Right. I, I still call it Joe Robbie Field. Well, isn't that. Isn't that what it used to be called? It was, but yeah. but like, but the thing is, mate. Um, I mean, you've got to be a chance in the hot conditions at this time. Of year. And yeah, well, the Bills might do the Bills might do what the Patriots have always done when they get down there, and they basically just die on the heat in the sun. Well, yes, I mean, look, I just think Bills are a, a complete team. I think that it's really exciting to see two teams with this much firepower in the one division, and sometimes it's almost a shame if you know what I mean, to have two teams. And we've had that over the years where there's been two teams dominated a division and you know they're not... Not really, because there was one. always one team but in your division that they always got through and they got through without a glove being laid on them into the playoffs. Well, mate, um, let's just have a look quickly at the conferences. At the moment, AFC East, the Dolphins and the Bills. Um, it's actually a very competitive conference. The Dolphins and the Bills have got two wins. Jets and Pats have one and one. So there's, you know, six wins to two losses in that division. Chiefs, Two and zip. The Chargers and Broncos are one all, and the Raiders on zero two. The AFC West, that's an ex- incredibly hard division. Um, a division that kind of stinks, and I think that um, the, the Ravens will end up running away with it because the Browns will shit the bed and the Steelers aren't good. Um, the AFC North is one and one for the Steelers, one and one for the Ravens and Browns, and the Bengals are zero and two. AFC South, uh, Jags are leading that one and one because we've got. The Texans and the Colts with a tie and a loss, and the Titans zero and two. Don't think the Titans are going in anywhere there, mate. Um, NFC Eagles and the Giants two and zip there. Um, the Commanders and the Cowboys one and one. So once again, the NFC East looks like it's going to be tight, but I think the Eagles are so far a better team in that in that division um, that I think as the weeks go on, they'll they'll kick away there. <laughs> the NFC West, mate. Every team's had a win and a loss. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on the NFC West because I, I think that, uh, that a lot of people are still pretending it's three or four years ago with that division, and I'm not sure it is anymore. No, no. And, and, and the highest scoring uh, team in that division has 50 points, and that's the Cardinals. So that's 50 points in two games is the highest uh, team there. The NFC North, oh, mate, this one is going to be tight because I think I think – it's, it's. I know that the Packers are the best team in that division, but it's going to be tight, and every team has one win, one loss. Someone's going to have to actually beat us, though, for it. So, hundred percent, let, let it let it go. 
Let's it go. Um, and the NFC South, really, the Saints will be spewing that they couldn't do more there because the Bucks are two and zip, Saints are one and one, um, Panthers zero two, Falcons zero two. The Bucks will get through the NFC South, mate, um, and they might not even be that good this year. Well, this is where you go, or oh, seven teams getting into playoffs is a little bit too much, I think. You know what? You start to look at both conferences now, and I think you can actually – all that early kerfuffle about, oh, my God, how good the AFC is going to be. I'm not so sure about that. Um, and, oh, the uh, AFC is going to dominate because the Bills – it's going to be – No, 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 no. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm talking about overall. I'm talking about from top to bottom. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah. I think no the top-end talent, yeah, in the AFC is very good. But I'm not sure that from – you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine is any better than what's going going on in the, in the NFC, to be honest. The thing is, though, it's going to be it's the top teams that count at the end of the season and the AFC look far superior to the NFC in my mind at the moment. Oh, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. But there's been a lot of times when you said the NFC was going to dominate and the Patriots won the Super Bowl. That's 100% correct as well, mate. It only takes one team from the, uh, the conference, doesn't it, to win it? Yep, 100%. Um, We'll just have a quick look before we finish off with a couple of games. The Dolphins and the Bills um, this this uh, Monday morning is going to be an absolute ripper. I'll be up at 3 o'clock to watch that. Um, you'd expect the Bills to win, but oh, wouldn't shock you if the Finns got up, would it? Wouldn't, would not shock you? Mm, yeah, it would shock me. <laughs> um, just looking through the rest of the games, um, I'm just... Looks like a lot of kind of one-sided games here, but the one obviously that interests you as well, mate. Before we finish off, the Bucks and the Packers. I think you'll, I think you'll take, I think you'll beat the Bucks in uh, Florida. Yeah, I, I actually got to say that I actually, I, it sounds really ridiculous, but I think our current game plan could travel. Yeah, I really yeah, do, I, I, and I really do. And um, rather than you know relying on Aaron to do everything, I like the fact that we've got. A much more complete team around him, and I fancy us to. It's been a while since anyone's run on the, been able to run the ball against uh, the Buccaneers, yeah. but that's changed a bit too. And I really I love, I love Dylan. He's got huge legs, and I like that change up of Aaron Jones. And I like our defense, man. And I think our defense. You know what? I'm going to make a prediction. Our defense is actually going to get to Brady this week, and we're going to put him out for the year. Maybe yeah, that's a little bit slow. Oh, I never like a player being injured, but I hear what you're saying. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm I'm cheering for that. I'm so, I'm making a prediction because I don't. Th- I think someone at some point within the last 20 years is going to get to Tom Brady, yeah. and that time's coming because you look at his protection up front. Yeah. Offensive line is looking look a bit of a revolving door. That's where you know some of the ridiculous officiating came from last week, and. I, I think he could be running for his life in this game. I mean, yeah, he's so efficient at getting the ball out, but Mike Evans isn't playing. He's suspended. <clears throat> and I fancy our chances. Well, the other couple of games are going to be really interesting. The Eagles um, taking on Washington in Washington, I think. We'll just see where the Eagles are at. I think that's going to be a really good game. And the game that I wouldn't normally – well, I get interested in because it's a divisional game. But let's see where the Giants are at because if they beat the Cowboys and uh, three and zip and the Cowboys in one and two – I don't think anyone would have predicted that at the start of the season. Well, I've got to go for the cows because, you know, because um, of the coach. But, look, let's be realistic. I mean, who's more exciting as a franchise out of those two? Uh, okay. I mean, the Giants, do you really want to see them dominating? No, but I find it interesting uh, for the division. Now the Jets need a miracle.
Cole with 90 seconds remaining, down a couple of touchdowns. Joe Flacco wings one up, and the receiver gets behind the defense. Corey Davis with a walk-in. So now the Jets will go onside kick. If they recover, New York possessing the football and the lead in that game. Last gasp here. If the Browns recover this, it's, it's live. Ball is live. The Jets, did the Jets get it? Did the Jets get it? The signal is the Jets have it. The Jets have life. Down by six. 122 left. No timeouts. And Robert Sala's guys come up with unbelievable. Look at the kids are ready to come on the field by Kevin Stefanski. The coach there is like, oh, bring the kids down. We're going to run out of the field and have a celebration. Take a photo by, by Buddy the Elf or Brownie the Elf, whatever he's called. Oh, my goodness, there's drama. What an onside kick here. Looks like it was going out of bounds. It curls back. Amari Cooper cannot handle it on the hands team. It's loose. It's J-E-T-S ball. Parks did a great job, 39, of initially stopping that ball from going out of bounds and kind of pushing it back into the field to give them a chance because he couldn't recover it. For the Jets. Flacco over the middle. It's caught. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson. The Jets trying to pull a miracle comeback. 15-yard strike. And boy, that Cade York missed point after. Yeah. York hit a 65-yarder today during the warm-ups. Pass intercepted. It's picked off. Ashton Davis. And the Jets turning the lights out on the Browns. Thanks for listening to the Love Sport Podcast NFL Week 2 special. It was Paul and John. You can get me at Paul underscore football. John at Lambic Peach. I'm a Finns fan. John's a Packers fan. So if you want to follow us, you can get us on the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. Get me at Paul underscore football. John at Lambic Peach. All things NFL from an Aussie perspective. Fins up.